What's going on, Canes fans? Peter Rees here alongside The Money, bringing you another Canes Insight podcast. D, I feel like we have not done one of these in a while. I know it's been uh, busy times for both of us. Had Halloween this week, so you had the kids running around, but the Canes have gotten things back on track now. Six and two, have squeaked out a couple wins the last couple weeks and have NC State this week which, of course, is a road game. So I'll be at Titanic for the official watch party. Best game day deal in town. Dollar wings, dollar jumbo shrimp. So this is a primetime game, away game. So I know everyone is going to be looking for, for somewhere to watch this game. No better place than Titanic. You know, we got basketball season coming up as well. So Titanic spot to go before the, the games, before you head over uh, to the Watsco Center. D, I, I need you to display your shirt real quick as we have uh, some Canes Insight merch from the Canes Insight Shopify. It's, it's, you know, holiday season coming up here. If you're looking for something to get your fellow Canes Insight, um, you know, goers or, or people that you know, friends of yours that are on the website, I should say, no, no better gift than Canes Insight merch from the Shopify site. No, absolutely. First of all, yeah, like you said, Titanic is going to be bumping uh, for what's better setting night game. You can get your drinks. You can get your cheap food, good, cheap food. Um, you can go out right afterwards or just go to sleep and celebrate the Canton's game. However you want a big win with some fellow Canes fans and fellow CIS fans. It's going to be awesome. Titanic that night atmosphere at Titanic road game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you head out there. Congrats to Emily Aries uh, and her new husband. On the nuptial, shout out to her. Um, I know you, you tore it up at that wedding, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, Halloween was fun, man. Um, went, went out with my kids. You know, I had a Pikachu, a Barbie, a Mario. You know, I ordered a $350 leather suit, Elvis 1968 from India. <laughs> so I was sweating out there in the Miami heat. But, you know, I had to, you know, I had to let everybody know what time it was. So uh, it was worth it, worth the sweat. Uh, my wife's not talking to me, though, uh, for spending that money. Anyways, Canes, uh, it was rocky for a while, but now you're in a place six and two, similar to teams of Canes past, where they've had a good uh, the good starts in the past. Thirteen, you know, two thousand and nine, you know, seventeen. Um, some of these teams that started out well, November was when the rubber hit the road, right? The, the end of the season. Um, that's when Miami has typically faltered down the stretch pretty much for the last 20 years. So it's going to tell us a lot about this team and what they're made of. You're going against five and three NC state, five and three Boston college, top five, Florida state ranked Louisville three out of four on the road, all of them playing well. So huge test talking to people around the program. This is going to be a very telling stretch the coaches how they're coaching for the players and how they're playing you know what are we going to need in the portal hopefully we're not looking too hard in the portal because we're seeing guys step up here in november but this is all part of it also the performance on the field it's going to affect the recruiting class you know miami does tend to finish strong or mario tends to finish strong you look at the game last week mario fletcher or sorry mark fletcher uh mar Thinking Mario Landon Mark Fletcher in December, 
uh, Mario landed Ruben Bain in December towards the end, Samson Okalola. Um, so a lot of big names in, down the stretch last year, including guys that are helping us win games this year. So what is Miami going to do on the field? And how are they going to close in this recruiting class? You're going to learn a lot about where this program's heading in November, but six and two, you're in a position to have a very successful season if you perform this month. And looking at that NC State game, as we do every week here on the Canes Inside Podcast, getting you ready uh, for the opposition, Corey Smith of Pack Pride on the 247 Sports Network will be joining me later on in the show. And, you know, he gets really in-depth on both sides of the football uh, for for the Wolfpack. And Dave Doran in year 11 up there, it's it's pretty remarkable. You just don't see that sort of longevity. Um, head coaches don't get that much time, right? And and if they're any good, if they're there, they're probably moving to another school to, you know, for a bigger a bigger paycheck, right? So... He's been a model of consistency there. This will not be an easy game whatsoever. Uh, but, D, you dropped last night an update, a small update, the ATM recruiting-wise. But I think you have a full update now. We'll call it the bank, right? Uh, just get into the latest on the recruiting front, as I know we're getting these tweets on on the daily people asking for recruiting updates. So what do we got? Yeah, so just position by position, so I'll, I'll, I'll remember everything. Uh, you know, Judd Anderson coming off a great performance against his old high school at Jones, really lit them up through the air. Um, he solidified his place in the class. Miami, he's, That's Miami's guy. You know, this is not a Sikowski or Allison situation where they're like, I'm not sure, halfway through the middle of the senior year. Um, they like what they see. And he's playing well. They had 20, 20 touchdowns, six picks, so much better statistical year than he's had in the past. You see some of the talent starting to develop. We'll see how he does in the playoffs. But huge win against a regional opponent. I think he won the region uh, in that game against his old high school, Jones. So Judd Anderson trending in the right way, talking to people. They're happy where he's at. And he's in the class. As far as transfer, portal quarterback, you know, we'll see how this shakes out down the stretch. Um we're going to see what happens with TVD. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go pro? A lot of uncertainty there, but I, you know, I think you will see another veteran quarterback on this team next year with starting experience, whether it's TVD or or transfer portal kid is my my prediction. Uh, running back, Jordan Lyle. Miami continues to chip away there. I like where Miami is going with Jordan Lyle. Uh, I think there's a lot of positive momentum there. Um, Two flipping from Ohio State. There's been a lot of contact lately, and I think that one is trending in the right direction for Miami. Not ready to call it, but Miami is a very, very good chance there, uh, is all I'll say. Um, you know, wide receiver, still chipping away at Jeremiah Smith. That's still alive. Again, the performance in November and momentum is going to mean a lot there, but those conversations are still taking place. Tight end, Elijah Lofton. Look, this is recruiting. You know, Miami's talking to other teams' commits all the time right? A lot of time in secret. So you're never all the way confident on your own commits. You know, you're realistic. If you're talking to other people's commits, people are talking to your commits. And if other teams' commits are talking to you, you know, the, your commits are probably talking to other people too. So there's a realistic approach to this recruiting thing. With Lofton, he's saying the things that we want to hear and no reason to doubt him. 
uh, you know, don't expect him to visit Texas this weekend. But again, it's recruiting. You can think all you want, and then he shows up, and you don't know. But as far as where Miami's at right now, as I'm recording this podcast, they feel very good about where they're at with Lofton relationship wise. Um, again, what he's telling them, his the status of his commitment. This is not a fire alarm situation at this point, and they think he's one of the best overall football players in the nation. Offensive line, Markel Bell, name you first heard about the Canes Inside podcast and on the bank, six eight and a half, three forty. I'm told he blew Miami away on his visit just in terms of the size. You know, our boy Cameron Gorby said he was one of the biggest human beings he's ever seen in his life. Um, and I think character-wise, the dude has really impressed a lot of people um, in terms of just the way he carried himself, the way he, he, he interacted, you know, good vibes, good impression from Markel Bell as far as a guy you want in, you want in the program personality-wise. Body type-wise, obviously, you want him in the program, and he's athletic as well. Uh, I think Miami's a very, very good chance there. That's one where I really like Miami's current trend. So keep an eye on Markel Bell. Um, as far as defense, um, you know, I mentioned uh, some names, uh, and I don't want to mispronounce the name, so I'm, I'm pulling it up. But, you know, Miami's continuing to work on the defensive line, uh, trying to add talent to that room. One name to keep an eye on is uh, out of Mobile, Alabama. And, again, I'm trying to make sure I get the right pronunciation. Uh, Cole McConathy uh, out of Mobile, Alabama. We mentioned uh, on the bank, someone Miami really, really has a sky-high grade on, really blew up in um, his senior season. You know, So not the highest-ranked kid right now. Go watch his film. And, and especially a senior film, and you'll see a guy that looks like a, a major difference maker and someone you want in your program and on your defensive line, athletically, size-wise, motor-wise, uh, technique-wise, versatility as well. Um, linebacker continue to chop away at, at a Darius Hayes. That, those conversations are still happening. I'm told the one they're really, really focused on is Cameron Pruitt, their, their current commit out of also out of mobile. Um, no reason to think – Anything is going on there, but of course he's in SEC country. And again, the same thing I said earlier, you gotta be realistic about your own commits, but nothing, no, no, no alarms there. But this guy's having a phenomenal senior year. And they think internally that this is one of the best linebackers in the nation. Um, compared a lot to San Francisco 49er style linebacker with his ability to run, hit, um, cover. He uh, played some wide receiver this year. Um, so, Miami's doing a lot of work in the South. If you really look at it this year, we talk about Pruitt, Kevin Riley out of Tuscaloosa, uh, Kevin Broussard out of, out of uh, by the Baton Rouge area having a great year at left tackle. Um, Nye Carr out of Moultrie, Georgia, the top 100 player. So Miami's really, really hitting the South hard. Artavius Jones um, out of the panhandle. So this is a, these are, Difficult battles. I'm, I'm always uncomfortable when we recruit guys from the South just because the SEC um, is a natural pull for those guys. It's a, somewhat of a culture difference. But Miami's not afraid, and they're battling for these guys. And those guys I mentioned, Dylan Day is another one from Baton Rouge, a defensive back commit. But Cam Pruitt's one. Or if you want to talk about guys that they, the, they, they liked already and now as seniors, they're saying these are high, high, high priority guys. Cam Pruitt put him on the list there, but also still chipping away at a Darius Hayes. Um, at the defensive backs, you know, Xavier Lucas 
I mentioned Jordan Lyle, Markel Bell, guys, where I like where those treads are going. I put Xavier Lucas in that category. Miami's got a great shot there. Um, Wisconsin commit, FSU's pushing. Miami really likes him. 10-9, 100-meter guy. Uh, great size. Some people think he's a safety, but he'd, he'd be a big corner with that 10-9 speed. And I believe Miami wants in that corner. With the understanding, he might play safety. Same thing with Xavier Mincy uh, out of Daytona Beach Mainland. Big corner, could play safety. Miami's been in a very good place with him. But you got Alabama after him. You know, Florida, Florida State is a big-time player. Wants to announce his commit at the Army All-America game. Uh, but as it stands right now, Miami is, is in a terrific spot um, with him. So let me make sure, look at my notes. I think I got, uh, you know, got everything there. But that's uh, that's the story right now with recruiting. There's a lot that can happen in this class, but Miami needs to take care of business on the field and generate that positive momentum that allows Mario to do what he does and close strong. And Canes fans, I'll be back tomorrow on the regularly scheduled time of the Thursday night live shows. Again, been been a little crazy last couple of weeks, so haven't had the ability to get on the normal Thursday night slot there so that will be back the canes inside live show streaming on the youtube page back every thursday night here as we finish off the season strong uh, again canes insight shopify is the is wearing uh some of the merch there uh canes insight shirt we got the hoodies we have some other uh canes insight originals we'll call them some stuff from the message boards that you guys may be familiar with um, and I'll be out at Titanic this weekend for the game. Look forward to seeing a lot of you guys out there. It's a big, big game to keep this momentum going against a team. It's on the road, but you should be able to take care of business and impose your will on them. Now, absolutely. Look, the key to this game, and I'm not saying anything revolutionary, number nine, you know, here's what I think back to. 2021, Van Dyke was coming off two dicey performances where he really didn't play very well. He hadn't established his name yet. Goes into a home game against NC State, which was a ranked NC State team. Same defense, same head coach. I think Peyton Wilson was also on that team, the star linebacker for NC State. Did not play, which Corey Smith reminded me of, uh, actually, because he was injured, so he didn't play that last time. Oh, he's a different, uh, um, he's a difference making yeah. player. But the defense was that three three five was there, and Van Dyke absolutely destroyed NC State. Talked, you know, talked before the game, lived up to it, and that's really that, that was his breakout performance. And after that, his confidence was sky high. So the hope is, you get him out of Hard Rock, you know, because Hard Rock's a tough place when you're struggling as a quarterback because you get a couple of incompletes, you hear the murmurs in the crowd. It's tough. The road, in some ways, is easier because you just lock in. You don't have to worry about what the crowd's saying. Your own crowd. Um, so he's seeing the, te- the, de- the team that he broke out against. Who knows how that me- impacts his, his mental game? I mean, obviously, there's confidence issues and, and, and you know, non-physical issues right now. There's, he's hurt too, but not to the point he can't play. But there's, you know, it's hard. It's hard being the quarterback, man. Uh, so certainly I something I could not do. But so, – just seeing a familiar opponent that you've beaten in the past hopefully gives a little bit of confidence and you start early and make a couple big plays, then you see the ball go through the net a couple times, the, the confidence picks up. So Van Dyke's going to be the key. Shannon Dawson got to put him in a position to 
um, to get that confidence back. And both from a decision-making standpoint, you know, avoiding the turnovers, taking the checkdowns that are there, but at the same time not being afraid to let it rip against an aggressive North Carolina State defense that invites you to take shots. So it's going to be fun to watch. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel. We have these podcasts every week, the preview podcasts, the, the bank recruiting episodes, the X's and O's breakdown with Nick Echeverria, West End Zone, Lance Roffers, Hurricane Vision, Steve-O, 365 Canes football. So we're giving it to you from every angle here in terms of the coverage of this team, of this program. We have basketball season coming up, so I'm excited to bring you guys a lot more breakdowns and information. Um, made a post the other day about some stuff I saw in the first exhibition game. So excited to cover that team this year. I think it's going to be a really, really good squad. Uh, but without much further ado here, D-Money, we have Corey Smith from Pack Pride breaking down this NC State team who the Canes have on Saturday night. Yeah, can't wait to listen. Go Canes. All right, Canes fans, excited now, as we do every week on the Canes Insight podcast, to bring on someone from the opposing side. We have Corey Smith from Pack Pride on the 247 Sports Network, kind enough to join us to help talk about this NC State Wolfpack team. Corey, how are you doing today? I appreciate you joining the show. I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me on. So again, Canes fans, check out Pack Pride this week as you're looking for any nuggets and tidbits of information on this NC State team. But Corey is here to give us a lay of the land, what's going on up there. And really, you're looking at a program that has shown in the last 10 years under Dave Doran to be one of the most consistent in the conference. Yeah, I mean, the consistency has definitely been there for them. And obviously for this year, they'd love to be able to you know, put together the types of things that you've seen in the past uh, to finish this season strong. You know, the, the start was not great going four and three in the first seven games. They made a quarterback change midway through that uh, to go from Brennan Armstrong that they were hoping, you know, you, you don't go out and get a quarterback in the offseason if you don't expect for them, a guy that's been a 40-year starter, if you don't expect for them to be the guy going into that year. It just didn't pan out for him. I mean, you know, the, the legs were there for him, but he di wasn't able to put it together. Um, you know, they switched, make the switch to MJ Morris. Uh, and that was a, you know, it's been a change that we've seen in the past. They did the same exact thing with, you know, multiple quarterbacks back in the 2019 season, which was probably one of the worst seasons under Dave Doran. Uh, they, they'd make that transition to Devin Leary and that pays off. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing again here with MJ Morris. It's like, look, you know, win or lose, we want him to improve so that we can have the quarterback of the future moving forward. And again, it's something that's worked for Dave Dorn in the past. And I think that patience has paid off for NC State fans in the past. They'd like to see that happen again in the future, too. Yeah, and, and look, Armstrong, Canes fans are, are well aware of him from his time at Virginia. But like you said, Morris it's the play for the future, right? After after the, you know, stumbling out of the blocks, as, as you just alluded to with that four and three start. Uh, look, it hasn't been perfect for Morris either, right? But 
you see the flashes there. And if you're an NC State fan, you hope he continues to mature and, and, and grow. Like you said, having the stability at the top there in the head coach, Dave Doran, in his 11th season, right? You can really try to build something more than just worrying about this week, right? Yeah, and I mean, the big thing with, with Morris, too, is he's shown the arm talent in the past. He did it last year. You know, the the two starts that he got. So take it back to last year. He played against Virginia Tech. Uh, there was another guy named Jack Chambers. After Devin Leary's injury, he came over. Not a not an exact situation like Brennan Armstrong, but it was kind of like a breaking case of emergency type of guy. He was a, a fantastic player uh, at Charleston Southern the previous years. And it was like, hey, we're going to try to play him. Well, they went with him for a little while, and then it was very evident that MJ Morris had better arm talent, could run the football, a guy that was making smarter decisions. They went with him against Virginia Tech. He throws for three touchdown passes, stages a comeback. They win that game. The next week, they beat Wake Forest. He throws for three touchdown passes, and that one, again, had not thrown for an interception until the Boston College game in which he suffered an injury. Midway through that game, tried to gut it out, found out after the game it was a season-ending injury, and he was he was out for the remainder of the season. So now you're getting a guy that's coming back into a brand new system, one that he wasn't recruited to play in with Robert and I. Uh, and he's you know he's shown flashes. I think the biggest thing you'd love to see for him is not necessarily him changing anything right now, but guys around him stepping up. Right now, the wide receivers, you know, that Duke game that they had it was a big loss, and everybody kind of put it on the shoulders of MJ Morris, like. You know, he's, he's struggling in this game. Well, there was five drop passes in that game from the wide receivers. So that's been an issue for NC State throughout the season. It was a major issue in that game. And I think it's something that, you know, even in the win against Clemson, they dropped three passes by the end of that one. So you've got to be able to have consistency around him uh, and stronger line play, which I know is going to be a big thing this weekend, especially with the way Ruben Bain's been playing. And look, Morris has the ability to do some things with his feet can move the chains for sure, can extend plays. But this NC State offense has not necessarily relied um, on on his running ability to this point. Uh, so look, bottom line, it's the 105th ranked total offense in the country. There's been a, some, up, some ups and downs there. But if you're a Canes fan, the one guy to watch that you are probably going to be afraid of is Kevin Casey Concepcion the freshman wide receiver, you know, you know they're playing him out, out of the backfield now. Coach Coach Lance Gidry, Miami's defensive coordinator, and Coach Cristobal have both mentioned him. And Coach Gidry compared him to a guy like Rashard Smith from Miami that they also use him out of yeah. the backfield. But, man, this guy's been electric. Yeah, I mean, he's every bit of what they were hoping for during the offseason. You know, there's a lot of times where you know guys generate buzz during the offseason, and it's like, all right, yeah, they're going to be good, but, like, are they a year away? Um, and and everything we heard, I mean, going into fall camp, you know, he had made some buzz during spring camp and obviously, you know, summer conditioning, things like that. It's like, all right, there's only so much that you can do to get yourself up on the depth chart. Well, in fall camp, day one of fall camp, I showed up and had somebody tell me, they're like, this kid's going to be a pre. This kid's going to be a freshman All-American. Like he's he's our best receiver that we have on the team, and you didn't really see it through the first uh, three games of the season. You saw him, you know, making some receptions, and you know it was kind of like, hey, they're they're clearly trying to target him. 
what we've seen over the last five weeks is not only scheming him open, but getting him in spaces where he can create plays. That was the issue early on was like, hey, we're just going to use him as a dink and dunk guy. He's our best receiver that we have on the team, guy that has the best hands. Well, now you're seeing him being able to show that playmaking ability off. In the last five games, he's had three games with multiple touchdowns, uh, and he's had over four, I believe it was over 500 total yards uh, over the last, or he's very, very close to it over the last five games between the rushing and the receiving game. Uh, so he's just, you know, he's making an impact anywhere and everywhere. And NC State has desperately needed it because if they didn't have those two touchdowns in the last game, they'd have lost by a touchdown. So uh, this is a, a team that's relying heavily on him. And again, as I said about MJ Morris and you know his ability stepping up, KC's ability to continue to be that guy is going to rely on other guys around him stepping up and taking some of that pressure off of him. Outside of him. Who would you say Miami fans should should key in on um, in terms of the skill position guys offensively? Yeah, you know, if healthy, Trent Penix has been a guy that that can you know have that kind of tight end delay, um, big playability. One guy that I'm still waiting on to step up, and we haven't talked about him a ton, is Juice Vereen. Uh, he's another tight end. He's six foot four. Um, you know, he had some chances in the last game. He dropped a pass against. Uh, uh, the last week out against Clemson. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, you go all the way back to the Notre Dame game. He had four catches for 65 yards, and we really didn't see anything from him because of issues with drop passes in, you know, in camp or, uh, you know, during practice during the week. We hadn't seen him a ton. Uh, so he's somebody that I think still has the ability to step up. Um, you know, outside of that, it's really been kind of a mixed bag of, of who's going to step up around these guys. Uh, Keon Lassane has been the most veteran receiver for this team. He has the ability to make big plays down the field, but he is a guy that's five foot eleven playing outside receiver. So, if you're asking for him to go up for a jump ball against the Miami DBs or Miami safeties, it's not going to work for you. So he has to be a guy that's put, you know, in a good position, can make that deep catch uh, down the field. A couple other guys, Terrell Timmons, didn't have a big impact in the in the uh, Clemson game this past weekend, but is somebody that, you know, if you're looking for a big play receiver, he can be that guy. He's made contested catches in the past, too. Uh, Bradley Rosner's experienced guy. He's six foot five. You know, if they get in the red zone, there's a chance they try to go to him uh, in the end zone. And then as far as the running backs are concerned, uh, I'm still waiting to see kind of the breakout game for Michael Allen, uh, another a guy that was a four-star receiver. I mean, a four-star running back that played some receiver as well uh, here in the state of North Carolina and somebody that, you know, Miami fans might be familiar with Kendrick Raphael, guy out of the Naples, Florida, uh, that came to NC State. He's had some health issues this season, uh, played really well against VMI early on, and it kind of gave people like this idea of, hey, this kid is extremely athletic. He can run through contact at the running back position. He can hurdle guys. Uh, so he has some some great ability. They've also used him a little bit in the passing game, which is a little different for him. He played wing T at high school level. Uh, so he didn't exactly uh, receive the ball a ton there. Uh, but I, I could see any of the any number of those guys having a good game here. Uh, but if I had to pinpoint any, it would be Trent Penix at the tight end position if he's healthy. Um, and then I'd probably say Michael Allen out of the backfield. Now, defensively, it's been a, a much better story overall. You take away the Notre Dame game, second week of the season, they put 45 on the board against the Wolfpack and then the shootout against Marshall. It's been a really, really solid unit. 36 
ranked total defense in the country. And Coach Cristobal used words like athletic, stout, fast, obviously employing that that three three five stack defense, which you don't see every week. Um, so how would you categorize the performance of this, of this NC State defense this season? Yeah, you know, and I, I just want to go back to what you were saying about, you know, the points that they've given up so far and the big games they've given up. Uh, if you go back and watch those games, uh, first of all, you know, three interceptions for, uh, for Brennan Armstrong late in the game against Notre Dame, that certainly didn't help. And then MJ Morris threw a pick six uh, in that, that game against Marshall uh, and then handed one over basically uh, on their side of the field. And that all happened in the first quarter of that game. NC State's defense was able to hold suit the rest of the way, and they actually took a two-touchdown lead before giving one up at, at late in that situation. So, you know, even even the games where they've given up a ton of points, it hasn't necessarily been on them. But, yeah, this this team is led by Peyton Wilson. Um, if you haven't heard of him now at this point, he actually he actually was unable to play the last time uh, that these two teams face off in 2021 because he was taken out of the uh, for the season after the second game. Uh, that year so that was a, a completely lost season for him essentially he's playing at a you know ACC defensive player of the year caliber right now like not only all ACC first team but like in the in the mix to be the ACC defensive player of the year he leads the ACC with 89 tackles so far and that that comes after missing the entire fourth quarter uh, due to an injury the last time out against Clemson he should be back he also leads he they, they've said he's going to be back he's going to practice either today or, or practice tomorrow to come back on the field and he should be ready to go on Saturday. Um, one thing I'll mention about him too, he's a guy that is all over the backfield. Uh, he has 43 defensive stops this season, according to pro football focus, which puts him in the lead in the entire country. He's also the best coverage linebacker uh, for NC state. He's uh, I believe number one in the ACC He's number three in terms of the grades for coverage linebacker uh, in the entire country. Uh, and he has he had a pick six in that game against Clemson. He has two interceptions so far this season. I believe seven or eight passes defense too. So he's a guy that's all over the field. Um, a couple other guys to note from this defense too. Davin Van in the trenches. He's somebody that's been uh, made a massive impact so far. Uh, and another one that's you know as far as pass rushers uh, along that defensive line, guys that have you know that, that you'll probably see. Uh, get after Tyler Van Dyke, uh, Red Hibbler, a transfer from the JUCO level. Uh, he's been one of the better pass rushers for NC State this season. And then also along the defensive line, another kind of backup guy, Brandon Cleveland, that's from uh, the Miami area too, uh, from Hollywood actually, from uh, oh. I'm blanking on the name of the, the school now, uh, but they'll actually have Anthony Carey, um, a four-star running back that'll be visiting. And, and he was a teammate with him too uh, this coming up weekend. So, there's, there's a lot of guys along this defense that have made a big impact, and um, I haven't even talked about the secondary, but I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. So, Yeah, I mean, I was just going to ask you who the guys are on the back end because, look, this is this is going to be an interesting matchup. This, this Miami uh, passing offense isn't exactly firing on all cylinders. Um, obviously, Tyler Van Dyke missed a couple games ago with the injury, comes back this last week, and and – still waiting to, to see him get back into the form we saw early in the season, especially in that Texas A&M win. Um, and against the secondary, I'm sure they'll be looking to create some havoc on the back end there. Yeah, you know, the secondary coming into the season, the expectation was 
you know, for a guy like uh, Aiden White, he was going to be the best uh, cornerback in the ACC, potentially a guy that has, you know, a really, really high stock uh, in when it comes to the NFL draft last year. He's been a bit underwhelming so far this season, but a major part of that was because of the fact that he was dealing with injury uh, for the three, basically two or three games prior to the bye week. He looked healthy this past week. Shaheem Battle has been burned a couple times deep, but he's a very steady DB as well. So the cornerback position for them, they feel very good about. Uh, the safeties have just been unreal so far this season. Uh, they've dealt with two season-ending injuries, another that you know, as, as kind of a guy that's been dealing with it throughout the season, but he has barely been able to play, uh, get on the field a ton. Uh, the three safeties that they have so far, Bishop Fitzgerald, uh, former number one Juco player in the country last year. He's played extremely well this season. Sean Brown, a guy that, you know, you maybe if you if you watch NC State teams of the past, Tanner Engel that also came from Florida, uh, he was kind of that hard-hitting guy. He plays for the Rams now at this point, but he was kind of a hard-hitting guy. You know, you, you <laughs> he would either line up in coverage or the very next play, he'd be somebody that was, you know, just completely destroying the quarterback uh, in the backfield. Uh, that's what Sean Brown brings to this team. He's kind of that, you know, that guy that you, you look around for as a receiver and see, okay, is he back there? If he's not, then that means he's probably getting to my quarterback right now or trying to. Uh, so Sean Brown is is that dude as well. And then Devin Boykin had a big interception uh, in the play the game this past weekend against Clemson. Uh, he's another one that I think has a chance to. He's developing into. Uh, being the guy for NC State. He dealt with an injury earlier this season that kept him out for the UVA game. Uh, but the expectation is for him to be, you know, that next great safety for this team. Uh, and I think he has a chance to do it. This this is a very good weekend to do it because uh, there's some big play receivers, obviously, for Miami that they're going to have to deal with. Corey, a couple more things here before I let you go. What's the atmosphere like up there heading into this weekend 8 p.m. ACC Network game, which seems to be Miami's time slot this this <laughs> season. They've had a, they've had a bunch of those. It feels like, um, but both teams coming off Miami, some a couple sluggish wins. But I guess you could say the Clemson win. You I don't know if you can categorize that as a sluggish win. NC State coming off the win against Clemson, and there seems to be some momentum for both of these sides heading into the game. Yeah, I you know just so we so we're clear because I had I was on a podcast earlier this year and somebody was like you know is this game sold out is you know do, do the do fans care about this one? NC State has sold out every single ticket this season. Like no, there's no games that that tickets are available unless you get them through you know secondhand whatever it is um, off the other types of markets and things like that. So they've had sellouts every single game this year. The big thing for for them going into this one is. It was kind of, you know, this past weekend was kind of a, all right, what's the what's the pulse of this team? They drop if they lose that game, they drop to four and four below five hundred in ACC play, uh, you know, at one and three at that point. So I think there's a little bit of kind of re-energizing right now. There's still a lot of concerns about the offensive side of the football, uh, but you know, people want to come see this defense. Like people want to come see what this defense is going to do on a week to week basis and and be behind them too. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things going into this one is like, all right, this is an 8 p.m. game. It's the first real night one in a little while 
Um, this, you know, <laughs> the atmosphere that NC State has tried to create, you know, like a lot of teams, they've got the new LED lights that change colors, all this different stuff. And you enter the fourth quarter. Well, you do that for multiple 2 p.m. games. It's just kind of like, yeah, it doesn't really hit the same. Uh, yeah. you, you have that kind of atmosphere at night. Uh, they're, they're pumped for this one. And I think uh, this is a game for, for NC State where it's like, hey, this is a, a Miami team that's turned things around. This is a good Miami team at what six and two now at this point, I believe yep. two and two in the mm-hmm. ACC only losses they've had so far this season, a, a frustrating one to Georgia tech with a lot of turnovers, you know, UNC a ton of turnovers in that one too. Uh, so they're going to be trying to limit turnovers for NC state. You're trying your hardest to force them and trying your hardest as a, you know, as a fan base to be able to get them off rhythm uh, with Tyler Van Dyke under center. All right. Last thing here, really, it's kind of a bonus question. We have college basketball season, you know, coming up here in a few days. And as you know, Miami is a basketball school now, the, the you know, the new blue blood in the ACC. So I, I like to ask the, the ACC opponents here, the outlook now for, for this NC State basketball uh, team coming into the season. What are the expectations uh, right now for this team? You know, I think they're comfortably flying under the radar right now. Um, this is a, a team that they feel very, very good about. It's, you know, you go back to last year, and I think a lot of people kind of look at this roster and they go, oh, well, they lost to Quavion Smith, who was, you know, an NBA guy. They lose Jarkel Joyner, who was their, you know, their leader, um, an All-ACC guy. I believe both of them ended up on second-team All-ACC last year because for everybody, it was like, which one do you vote for? Which one do you put over the other one? And, and I think that ended up laying them both on second-team All-ACC last year. You know, they get DJ Burns, and they get Casey Morsell back, and everybody's kind of like, yeah, those are good pieces last year, but they weren't, you know, Terquavion Smith or Jarkel Joyner. Well, they've reloaded with seven transfers coming in. You know, I believe six of those seven were guys that were starters uh, from the previous season at, the, at their other schools. Three guards that come into this system that are, you know, definitive guys that were leaders in the past. DJ Horn, I think, has a chance to be a really good player this season. Uh, Jaden Taylor, a guy that transferred in from Butler, was their leading scorer last year, a great defensive piece for this team. So while a lot of people are looking at this team and going, well, who's the guy? Who's the guy? Well, their thought process is we have nine to ten guys that we feel like are, you know, are those guys. It's not going to be a, you know, it's it's not going to be, you know, that one guy at the top like you had uh, last season or the la- last couple seasons. Their hope is to kind of be that that Florida State type of team. You know, to have 10 guys that are not the guy, but 10 guys that, that you feel comfortable putting in any and every single time. They probably don't have the size that, that Florida State did uh, for those several years where they were, they were a good team in the ACC. But uh, the expectation is to have that, that athleticism, that energy, uh, and you know, press teams up and down the court to be able to be a good team in the ACC this year. Well, listen, Miami's shown you don't necessarily need you know, seven footers uh, <laughs> all over your roster to have success in today's day and age of, of college basketball and within the ACC really too. I mean, it's, it's, I know it's a long season, but um, you know, this is, and this is a good NC state team last year. I know it's completely different, but battled Miami, they, you know, one and one uh, yeah. season series last year. I know Miami had a, a tough win at home in December against them. And then I believe it was an overtime win that NC State had later in the season. So, you know, could be uh, could be an interesting team to watch in the ACC this season for sure. But, of course, got this game on Saturday night that we are excited about. And, Corey, really appreciate the insight 
that you gave us on this Wolfpack team. Again, Canes fans, you can check out Pack Pride on the 247 Sports Network for all your Wolfpack info needs this week. Corey, thank you once again. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on.